wonderful, wonderful day, day I will never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus my Savior I met. Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend, he met the need of my heart. Shadows dispelling with joy, I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sins were washed away, and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. And a special thank you to our mystery base today. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can tell by that music that your weekly insanity has arrived because that's Cameron. Hi! I'm Michael. And we're here to tell you that insanity knows no bounds. No, it does not. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> you think you know, mm-hmm. but you don't know. I don't know what I don't know? Nope, you don't know. You're listening to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. Okay. Gotcha. That's your lesson of the day. That's my lesson All of the right. day. Okay. We are going to dive right into the insanity today. And you will, ob- you will notice the obvious theme in the insanity as we, uh, as we work our way through this. Okay. This is, this is so much fun. All right. This was published in the Journal of Medical Ethics. All right. Medical Ethics. Yes. These are your gatekeepers. The people who, th- who keep doctors from just doing whatever they want it is, without consent. <laughs> it is a published work written in response to another published work. Okay. In Forever Young... The Ethics of Ongoing Puberty Suppression, OPS, uh-huh. for non-binary adults. Study was published by Notini et al. So, a bunch of other dudes. Okay. Discuss the risks, harms, and benefits of treating non-binary patients via identity-affirming ongoing puberty suppression. So, someone wrote a paper uh-huh. examining what do you what is what are the Risks, harms, and benefits of giving patients who don't think they are the sex they were born puberty blockers. So, therefore, they are never become yes either male or yes. female but hormonally. Yes. Okay. So they were they were they were doing the risk analysis from an ethical perspective of basically giving children mm-hmm. puberty blockers because these children think they are the opposite gender. That's what non-binary is. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Notini et al. et al.'s article makes a strong case for OPS's permissibility, and their conclusion will not be disputed here. So they are interacting with an article that says, you should give children puberty blockers if they feel like a gender other than their biological gender. They're not going to dispute that. So so, you may be asking yourself, why are they writing? Okay. So so they're saying, I'm guessing the only reason be because they're unsure if they're a boy or a girl. So we're just going to prevent them from becoming mature hormonal adults until until they decide that they know what they are. And then take... 
but okay. they're not disputing okay. that. Okay, so they're not disputing, they're not disputing that. So what are they disputing, you may ask? Yeah. Instead, I directly focus on issues that their article addresses only indirectly. Oh, this geez. article will use a hypothetical case study to show that Walnotini et al.'s ethical conclusion might be spot on. That perhaps the method they took to get there was superfluous. If the medical community is to take LGBT testimony seriously, as they should, then it is no longer the job of physicians to do their own weighing of the costs and benefits of transition-related care. But wait, there's more. Assuming the patient is informed and competent then only the patient can make this assessment because only the patient has access to the true weight of transition-related benefits. Moreover, taking LGBT patient testimony seriously also means that parents should lose veto power over most transition-related pediatric care. That is scary. In the Journal of Medical Ethics, someone is making the argument that if your seven-year-old son comes to you and says, I think I'm a girl, and they go to their doctor, their doctor does not have the right to evaluate whether or not giving them puberty blockers to prevent them from developing as a normal, healthy boy is ethical or not. They don't have the right to do that analysis. Not only that, the parent does not have the right to tell that child to sit down and shut up. And to say, no. no. <laughs> so if the, pay, if the pay, if as long as the doctor can explain to that eight-year-old boy what might happen and he consents, we can give him puberty blockers and prevent him from developing normally. What could possibly go wrong here? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You may be asking yourself, self, why is this an issue? <laughs> well, if you are asking yourself that, one, go rewind the last four minutes and listen to it again. Yeah. That would be number one. But number two is the insanity doesn't end. Mm-mm. When do the locusts stop eating? They don't. They just move on to the next. They stop eating when it's all gone, so we're, and it's never going to be all gone. We're literally going to make the argument that, doctor, we agree with what you're doing, but we don't like the way you're doing it. We don't like this authority you have given yourself as the physician to make ethical decisions. Therefore, we're going to go after you as well. And while we're at it, we'll throw parents under the bus, because let's just be honest, those kids don't belong to parents. It's not like there's a... God in heaven who has decided who this child should be born to. It's not like there's a God in heaven that has decided who these parents should be and how they should make these determinations. See, this issue is not about parental rights. It's Mm -hmm. not about parental consent. It's not about medical ethics. It's about foundational worldview issues. Yeah. What's your underlying assumption about the world? Whatever they want it to be right can be right. And who are you to tell them it's not? And see, that's the problem, because the answer is, well, well God. Yeah, God and, is who he is. And, see, and that's but... the argument we never have, though. That's the argument we skip. And we're like, well, no, I, I'm their parent, and I have, the, I have the legal duty to protect them. No, no, no. I have a moral duty 
under heaven to make decisions and determinations for my child that I think are best. And unless you can demonstrate where what I am doing will cause measurable harm, you don't get the right to interfere with that because you're not God. So unless I'm starving them or Mm -hmm. I'm beating them or in other shape, form, or fashion abusing them, you leave them alone. Mm-hmm. This is something we've talked about. I don't know if we've talked about it here, but I know I've talked about this with our uh, with the Wednesday Night Bible Study group that we have. The um, the studies that come out of adoption and foster care versus the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. That w- one of the most astounding statistical things is that children who are left in abusive households, on average, left with their biological parents, even if those parents are abusive, actually turn out better on average than children who are taken from those homes, put in foster care, and adopted or not adopted. Yeah. They're more likely to graduate high school. They're more likely to stay off drugs. They're more likely to get a job. They're more likely to get married. And, And it's one of those astounding things. We don't understand the profundity that we enter into when we break up a biological family. So if you're going to do it, you'd best have a phenomenal reason to do it. Yeah. And if the child is old enough, you best explain why the child is being removed and why it is wrong that which is going on. I mean, I think a lot of it may be that a lot of kids are removed and they don't know all the bad details, and so they think it's them. Well, because we just secondarily abuse the kid who's being abused. But the point, and and look, I'm not saying that uh, Child Protective Services should never be involved in anything. I'm not saying there's never a reason to take a kid out. I'm just saying that if there's, that that should literally be a last last resort. resort. Yes, you try to, you want to get other we're Help. setting up a society, though, where that becomes a Only. first resort. Yeah. And the thing that I'm getting at is to sit here and say that parents don't get any of this decision-making is to undermine the foundational aspects of who we are, why we're in the family that we're in, and what we're supposed to do about it. Because what we're saying is parents know the individual trumps all. No. No, the individual doesn't. Mm-mm. You are responsible for how you relate to others, and you are responsible unto God for who you are and how he's made you. Just because you're nine and you think you're a girl when you're a boy doesn't mean you don't get to grow some hair. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Because I'll I'll let you in a little secret. I don't think I've ever met a nine, 10, 11-year-old boy who is excited about growing a beard. Who is excited? That is. Not one. Not a one. Mm Mm-mm. No, most of like, nine. You start having that, because almost every parent has had that conversation with their kid. Where they're suddenly like 13 or 14 and you're like, you need to shave. And the kid, because the kid's got that weird peach fuzzy thing going on his face. And the kid's freaked out because I don't want to shave. Because they're still transitioning between. A child mindset and an adult-like mindset. Yes. Yeah. And they're not adults yet, but they're they're still very childlike. I've never seen a kid who needed to shave and started shaving when he needed to shave. It's like days, weeks, months later, and then it's a, until apparently finally it's like, get your butt in that bathroom, here's your razor, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's oh, yeah, there, there's no, yeah, I, I see the, 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 I don't want to, this is new, it's different, yeah. so therefore it doesn't mean that you're not a guy, you want to be a girl, you're afraid of it, it's just, it's new, and you parents need the, to encourage the, point, the growth and development. You don't let them make that decision, you don't let them make that decision, because you're their parent. 
and you are supposed to know what's better for them. Yeah. And you're supposed to honor the responsibility that God has given you and do what is good for them. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, well, then you're answering to God primarily. And see, I'm just pointing out because this is where the insanity leads. The foundational argument is you're trying to undo the things that God has done, not the things that man has done. And I don't know who you think you are, but this is not going to end the way that you think it's going to end. No, uh-uh. no. it never does. Would you like the insanity <clears throat> never stopping? Question number two. Okay. Transgender spas. Or maybe I should just say transgenders in spots. In spots. In spas, yes. Okay. The rights of transgender people to act in accordance with their gender identity is fortunately gaining acceptance in many corners, including at the U.S. Supreme Court, which just last week handed a major victory to transgender students seeking to use the school bathrooms of their choice. I'm not even going there. No, let's not go there. But society's recognition of basic rights for one group also sometimes causes clashes with other groups that have been marginalized or disempowered. That's why the fracas over transgender women using the clothing-optional women's area of a Koreatown spa is more complicated than it might seem. So let me, let me put that in layman's terms. Uh-huh. A dude is walking around naked in front of women in the locker room at a spa in Koreatown. In L.A. No, that's in a decent exposure. <laughs> so, but because he claims to be a chick, he is allowed to walk around with his genitalia, you know, flapping in the wind, so to speak. No, I'm sorry. There no. is no doubt that We Spa did the right thing in defending the right of the transgender customer to be nude in the women's area. Even though the sight of male-appearing genitalia discomfited at least one female customer who complained at the front desk. I like how it's male-appearing genitalia. No, no, because it's, it's male. male genitalia, Yeah, people. it doesn't appear like I a mean, male. It is male. Are we just because really you to feel point, like a woman doesn't mean you look like a man, like a woman. Just think about this. Because I claim to be a woman, their argument would be, well, that is now a woman's penis. No. No, no, it isn't. So it's, no. it's, it's female genitalia, but it looks like male genitalia. No, no. <laughs> that is a level of stupid that I never thought we would get to, but here we, we are. are. But wait, there's more. What a time to be born. As a public serving business, We Spa had to follow California law forbidding discrimination against transgender people. What's extraordinary isn't that the spa's employees followed the law, but that this led to violence outside as opponents and supporters of the law clashed over the weekend. But wait, there's more. Wait till you get to the punchline. I'm going to see if you actually catch it. Okay. At the same time, that doesn't make everyone who feels uncomfortable in such scenarios a bigot. There are women who have been through personal experiences such as sexual assault who might find such a situation intimidating. It could go against the the convictions and traditions of observant Muslims and Jews who have a conservative or orthodox interpretation of gender norms and might themselves feel marginalized for for, um, for their traditional beliefs. Right now, entrepreneurs may not create businesses solely for those who don't want to be exposed to transgenderism. Those businesses, too, would have to follow anti-discrimination laws. As complicated as the opposing beliefs might be, it is clear where the rights in this matter land. Everyone, transgender customers, members of every faith, and women who are upset by the sight of penises, has the right to use the spa and other public accommodations. It just happens in this case that public accommodations also includes nudity. 
but no one has an absolute right to feel comfortable all the time. People have a right to use the spa, but that doesn't include with it a guarantee that all will feel at ease with everything they see. They might prefer a spa where a certain amount of body covering is required. In other words, you're a woman in a woman's locker room. I should feel comfortable in a woman's locker room as no. a woman. No, you shouldn't. That's the argument. Because I should be a little uncomfortable. It'll be okay. Get yes. used to being yeah. uncomfortable. Get over it. No, I'm gone. I'm not going back. Um, I'm canceling, and I encourage every woman who I don't care every biological woman so that, to that, do the same thing. Shut them down. Take your business elsewhere. Room at your gym. If a guy walks in there with his uh, unmentionables hanging out, just feel comfortable with that. Even if you're uncomfortable, you should just you know get over it. No. I'm gone. Is you don't it, get no. But isn't that spectacularly dumb? Yes, it is. You should be uncomfortable. Well, you know what? You, sir, with the stuff hanging out for everybody to see, should go to the men's and be uncomfortable over there. You're the one. No, you're the one who chose Again, this lifestyle. You become uncomfortable. What are over we there. denying, though? We're denying fundamental rights. Reality. Not and rights. Reality. Reality. Yeah. Fundamental reality. reality that you're I, I don't. I don't accept this. I mean, this is that joke from the opening of MythBusters. I reject your reality, reality and substitute, substitute my, my own. own. Who would have known that would be the world would have taken that on? Weird, well, it should have been a clue. They were from San Francisco. Yeah, good point. But they were doing science and actually has like to back it but up. But just think about this. Yeah. Isn't this the argument? Like I always see these posts on social media where the women are going after some old guy in a gym because he sees a hot girl in yoga pants and he takes a picture of her. And like, he's a creep. And look. Get uncomfortable, ladies. I'm not trying to defend the man. <laughs> no. But – wouldn't the same argument apply? Exactly. You're in public and Get you don't over have it. the right to feel comfortable well, all in public. The time. No, so uh-uh. you should you should just be comfortable with a little bit of, of uncomfortable. So so if creepy old guy wants to take pictures of your butt while you do deadlifts then you just need to be okay with that. Yeah, get over it. If if creepy That's guy following saying. you around the grocery store and making comments about you in a dress makes you uncomfortable, well, you're in public and you don't you shouldn't have an expectation to feel comfortable and at ease yeah. all the time. So you just need to be okay with that. Um, you know, when you're walking along with your children and that guy down the street is looking at them a little awkwardly, you should feel okay with that because you don't have the right to be comfortable all huh. the time. Or maybe when that guy at the store grabs you in a way that you don't appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, he, 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 he pulls a Governor Cuomo. Yeah. Well, you should just be quiet because you don't have the right to feel comfortable and at ease all, all the, the time. time. Yeah, they're opening the door to every type of sexual issues, advances, and now that just yeah, think through. That's, now think through the foundation of that. Now, what are we protecting? We're protecting we're, someone who is mentally unstable and allowing them to have. Full reign with being comfortable with now follow that. This. Well, the rest of the world is not what acceptable. Is, what is government's only God ordained job? To protect its people. So we're arguing now that government shouldn't do the job that God has assigned it, which is to make you safe. Uh-huh. And at ease in, in the world. In the world. In order to justify and give comfort to the sin of someone who thinks they're opposite of what God has made them. Yes, and that they should be able to freely walk around as if they are not. 
professing to be wise, they became fools. Foolish. Mm -hmm. See, and this is literally what the end of Romans is talking about, that although they knew the ordinance of God, they not only did the same, but gave hearty approval. Mm Mm-hmm. So get used to being uncomfortable. This is where an embrace of sin leads. It's not just a rejection of common sense. It's an actual rejection of the God-ordained and established way society is supposed to work. That's the parallel to the first story here. Mm -hmm. Is no, your child needs to make that decision because they're an individual and that's how they feel. I'm their parent given responsibility by God to protect them. And that includes protecting them from themselves. themselves When my kid goes to the Grand Canyon and goes, I think I'm a seagull. I want to fly. Okay, sweetie, have fun. Yeah, I'm going to jail now because I allowed my child for parental neglect. Then I look, I look at the judge. At this, following this guideline, I can look at the judge and go, he felt like a bird today and he wanted to fly. Who am I to get him involved in his individual feelings? I feel like a seagull. I feel like a bird. He identified as Frogger today and went to play in traffic. Who was I to tell him no? He identified as a French chef today, and then he took out the knives. What was I supposed to do? Stop him from following his dreams and ambitions? Yeah, and look at it. Have a judge tell you... Um, and then bring up these cases of what people are asking. Though. There's no That's sense. a rejection of foundational yes, it is. logic, and that comes from God. Yes, so in other words, what's the beginning of wisdom and knowledge? Fear the fear the Lord. of the Lord. Remove the fear of the Lord, and you lose wisdom, knowledge, and God-given function. <laughs> and when that happens, what have you got left in a world? You better go buy a gun. Because that's what you're left with. Yeah, you have to protect your own self because no one else is going to protect the basic rights and basic natural responses. Because this story you're going to like. Okay. This one you're going to enjoy. All right. Because this is where the crowd outside of Lot's house realized they couldn't get in and just started to attack each other. Boston Pride is an organization. Okay. Guess what they advocate for? The, the, The ABC people. L-B-G- they advocate yeah. for the alphabet soup. The board of directors of Boston Pride released a statement explaining the reasons for their disbanding. Oh, so they're breaking up. They're there breaking is no up. more Boston Pride, okay? For years, we have volunteered our time with Boston Pride because we cared about and are passionate about the LGBTQIA plus community. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. We strived to foster an environment of diversity and unity within our organization and the community. Over the past 50 years, Boston Pride has facilitated programs and events that have changed our society and promoted equality. But we know there is still work to be done. The committee goes on to say that they were trying to listen to concerns from QTBIPOC. Who is she? (laughs) Which stands for (laughs) Queer, Trans, Black, and Indigenous Persons of Color. Is this all one group of people or individual groups? QT BIPOC. That sounds like a rapper. Yeah, it does. Why does that sound like the person who's opening for Cardi B next week? I'm QT BIPOC. So LGBTQ plus minus divide and multiply. And... This group, Cutie Pie, whatever, odds. are at odds, although they're the same group because they're at odds with the rest of the normal world. It is clear to us that our community needs and wants change without the involvement of Boston Pride. We have heard the concerns of QTBIPOC community and others. We care too much to stand in the way. Therefore, Boston Pride is dissolving. There will be no further events or programming planned, and the board is taking steps to close down the organization. 
The group has been fending off complaints and accusations from many that it was trans-exclusionary and wasn't diverse enough to serve the entire spectrum of the LGBTQIA community. Others said that the group had become too aligned with corporate interests. In June, about a thousand protesters joined a demonstration organized by Trans Resistance, which accused Boston Pride of being trans-exclusionary and said the group failed to represent trans people of color. Do me a favor. Grab your phone. Okay. While I finish reading this, I want you to Google demographics of Boston. Okay. Actually, just do Boston, Massachusetts um, and look at the Wikipedia page real quick. Okay. Boston Pride said at the time that they were implementing a deliberate process to address the systemic and structural racism in the organization. The process was apparently unsuccessful. This decision was made with a heavy heart, out of love and hope for a better future, the statement concluded. Yeah, just pull up the wiki page for um, Boston, and then let me, let me see the, your phone for a sec. So in a nutshell, the okay. Cutie BIPOC, which I'm just going to call it like that because that sounds like an awesome rapper name. Cutie BIPOC. <laughs> okay. Made accusations against Boston Pride because Boston Pride was apparently too white. <laughs> and therefore, Boston Pride, whose entire existence is predicated on advocacy of the alphabet brigades. So basically, rights. sexual We're, rights, and that's what they're for. So, but because they're for sexual rights, but they ignore people who are not white with these sexual rights, therefore, they're discriminatory against. Apparently. Those who are doing the exact same thing. When everything is racist. I mean, yes. when did color come into sex? I have no idea. I mean, because that's, that's what they're yelling. That's what they're hollering. Is You're only for white people who do this. What about the black people who do this? Or indigenous other people of different colors and shades and whatnot. I mean, that's what, I, I'm, I'm, that's what it sounds like is your own, but... I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Is you, you cannot get you. That's the problem right there. You cannot include everybody. There it is. Because if you include those who, because I me, mean, be honest, heterosexuals who are not of any of these things can be yelling the same thing. Now we're we're excluded from being able to participate in your your pride events and whatnot because you don't have a place for us. I mean, I, I, you have, are, are you ready for this? It's, it's, it's crazy. Go ahead. Boston's population is, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find it. Um, uh, here we go. Boston's population is 53% white. Okay. Alone. So then Boston- Only 25% of the city of Boston is black. All right. And then there's a smattering of everybody else. And that includes two or more races is 5%. 20% is Latino. Okay. So basically, yeah, 53% white, 25% black, and 20% Latino. Okay. Of course they're going to be predominantly white. The city is... Predominantly I mean, white. It's like the joke I always make about Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. Like when they're in Vermont. And they're showing you, like, this small town in the middle of nowhere in Vermont. And there's, like, five black-owned businesses in the Hallmark movie at Christmas time. And I'm like, this isn't real, guys. The there, there's, there's, like, eight black people in Vermont. 
I say demographics to show you. <laughs> and mean, yes, I know, and I've looked it up before, but like literally ninety percent of the population of the of the African American population of Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont live in like five cities. <laughs> so yeah. when you show me like this town of a hundred people, like eight miles from the Canadian border in a Hallmark movie, and you're like, half the town's black. No, it isn't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, it it's, isn't. It's a movie, people. That's not how this works. So, be okay, so... Yeah. I, I, I'll play my racist card and be like, of course they're predominantly white because the city's predominantly white. Now a minority of the minority. So I'm supposed to believe now that of the Alphabet Brigade that the majority of them are black and therefore they're being excluded. So an organization built around advocating for inclusion and minority rights basically because to be an alphabet brigade is apparently to be be a minority minority. eventually though when they're saying you're not doing it good enough so we're a this is where intersectionality leads you we're a smaller minority than you therefore Mm -hmm. we should be in charge this this is what reverse mob rule looks like yeah. This is like all the people with pitchforks and torches surround the house, and the guy comes out and be, is, is like, since I don't have a pitchfork and torch, I'm better than you, and you have to listen to me. And they're all like, oh, he's got a point. Yeah, I can't defend myself because I don't have a pitchfork. What are we so. going to do? We, we can't just kill him. It's not like we're an angry mob or anything. I mean, this is insanity. But yeah. again, what happens when the standard becomes you? Oh, yeah. It's all about you. When does it stop? It doesn't. It does. There's always going to be somebody in worst case scenario, worst case position, and lesser down the totem pole than you. So, yeah. So at, once you get up there on your high horse and talk about how dep- how oppressed and whatnot you are, and nobody's there to support you, and you're tired of it, and then they start supporting you, you're no longer there. So reject God. Just get over yourself. Reject God. Reject yes. his standards. And what are you left with? <sighs> Insanity. Insanity. Yes. Absolutely. Insanity. There's no there's no out of this because this is what happens. This is why Christian, you have to continue to proclaim the truth. Because eventually, either either humanity is under judgment completely and they're just gonna continue down on this until you know God ends it. Or or the work of God will be revealed in this in that Mm -hmm. as we proclaim what is good, right, and beautiful, humanity wakes up and is like, What are we doing? Yeah, and the Holy Spirit changes their hearts and yeah. minds. People start seeing you can't get any worse. Well, He's worse than me, and then but He's worse than you, and He's worse. What? what why are we doing this? Yeah. At we're some all, point, we're all yeah. At some point, depending on which way you go, you're going to have to run into a brick wall that says so. Keep there is none worse. So keep being faithful and keep You're proclaiming <laughs> again. Keep attacking the foundation. Don't attack the idea. As it works itself out, yeah. attack the foundation of the idea and get it attacked because that way you then have actually something to fight with. You can then replace it with a Christian worldview and actually accomplish something. So mm-hmm. was I right? Does the insanity know no bounds? No, the insanity knows no bounds. So what have we learned here today, children? Only the insane are sane. <laughs> Ideology drives everything. Yes. Sin will never stop. Mm-mm. And evil devours everything in its path, but God's word stands forever. Stay there, children. Uh-oh. Yes. There was a Bible verse that I heard, and I got to find that exactly. It's Psalms chapter 2. No, it's just Psalm chapter 2. I'm sorry, I did say Psalms, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's just Psalm. Yeah, next yeah. you're going to drop on me. It's Revelations. No, 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 that one I know. That one I definitely know. Um, all right, Psalm, my Bible app would, whoops, no, that's why, okay. <laughs> it was on the Old New Testament only. 
There we go. Psalm chapter 2. Why are the nations in a rage and the king, the God looks down from heaven and scoffs at them? Verse 4. Continue reading. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yes, the king, the kings of the earth take a stand and the rulers take counsel together against Yahweh and against his anointing, saying, let's break their bones apart and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heaven will Last. laugh. Yeah. The Lord will have them in derision. Yeah, I have yes. installed my king upon Zion. Uh-huh. And the end of that psalm is one of my favorite verses. Deal with the sun now is basically the punchline. Go yeah. all the way to the bottom. Yeah. It's like... Basically, it's repent and pay homage to the Son to whom honor is due. Yes, serve Yahweh with fear and rejoice with trembling. Give sincere homage to the Son, lest he be angry and you perish on the way, for his wrath will soon be kindled. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. So yes, that to me is sometimes I have to look at all this insanity and going, you think you're doing the best and Mm -hmm. God is up there laughing at you. Don't make him laugh at yourself. Keep on going in your sin, and bad things going to happen to you. Yep, and just so I think the Christian lesson today remember, is for God's your homework, read Psalm 2. Yes, and, it'll encourage you and give you hope. <laughs> and when in doubt, read your Bible. Yes. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.